Welcome back to wherever you may be, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. We are here, as always, to discuss Chelsea, but to discuss the world champions, which is now what we call, which is now what I have printed on my 2021-22 home shirt. Chris, you going to get it done? <laughs> I, don't, I don't actually have this season shirt, but maybe they'll, they'll put it on an old one, I don't know. I don't know if they will. I think it has to be this season shirt. To be honest, part of the reason I got it done was because, as everyone knows now, I was there to witness it. So I haven't stopped talking about it for the last two weeks. Um, but also because I already had the shirt. So it sort of just made sense to get it put on. Has to be um, done for this season, really, doesn't it? And we're going to be wearing it for the rest of the Premier League season, which is abs- an absolute mug off, but it's absolutely hilarious. <laughs> As well as yeah. us just singing champions of the world on repeat. <laughs> if, if, if other fans didn't hate us already, <laughs> they're definitely going to from now until the end of the season. Everyone um, hates the winners, don't they? Don't they? Everyone <laughs> hates us. And we will be singing that and champions of Europe until someone, if anyone, takes our crown. Now, Chris, we were back in Champions League action uh, against Lille. Um, as we sort of started the knockout stages, our aim, of course, to potentially... Hopefully, um, I might be dreaming, but um, to retain the Champions League. Um, just overall thoughts on the game last night as a quick reaction. A pretty good 2-0 victory to take to, the, um, to take to France. I think it could have been more. Yeah, there was um, a, lot of, a lot of wasted opportunities. Chelsea didn't necessarily have to play that well for the full 90 minutes. Um, and they were sort of happy for... for for Lille to have quite a bit of the ball, I think probably more than, than we would have expected. But at the same time, we're sort of used to that from Chelsea against sort of so-called weaker opposition. Um, and I, I thought, to be honest, yeah, tactically Tuchel got it spot on. I think it was a matter of sort of managing the game uh, from minute one. We, we got an early lead. We didn't really need to do much more. Um, and with the away goals were all gone, there wasn't ever that much jeopardy, I felt, the it sort of takes the nerves out of it a bit, which is a bit of a shame. Um, but at the same time, uh, especially when you're playing a team like Lille, because for them, I think to make it an interesting tie, they really needed to score at Stamford Bridge in, in normal circumstances. Um, I can't see them beating us by, by three goals <laughs> in France. So they're already at a disadvantage there. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, they, they were okay. They were better on the board than I was expecting, but I think we just knew exactly how to play against them. Our defence were really solid. Thiago Silva was fantastic again. Um, and their press, their press was a bit disorganised. I thought we could we could get through them quite easily on, on the counter, and, and we did that quite effectively. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it just sort of played into our hands and, and Tuchel knew exactly what he was doing. The goals came at kind of sucker punch times and... Uh, yeah, it was a job done, really. Tuchel had a big decision to make before kickoff, and he made it. You know, dropped Romelu Lukaku, um, played Kai Havertz as a number nine, and it felt like and it looked like the right decision. You know, Kai Havertz scoring with his eighth touch after eight eight minutes. Yeah, he looked he looked bang on it from the first whistle, didn't he? Which is is kind of what Lukaku hasn't looked like. Um, and yeah, I think when your centre forward plays that well, when you've made that call, it, it does feel justified. Um, his play, yeah, he could have scored twice before before the goal. Yeah, he he should have yeah. should have scored once, mm. um, and then did take one chance really well. Uh, 
which is kind of, as we know now, like far more than Lukaku has seen in the last few games. Um, I'm I'm on the side of being hesitant to, to just sort of point the finger at Lukaku. I think our creative players generally haven't been good enough, but <laughs> typically last night everyone sort of looked on song Lukaku, Pulisic, well, serving just... each other well. The the kind of chance that um, Pulisic scored from that is and and Havertz ironically those are the kind of chances that Lukaku would gobble up but he obviously wasn't even on the pitch to have that service so that that's that's the slight frustration but um yeah you, you I think he probably did the right thing there was there was a lot of noise about that stat um the record low touches in the Premier League with seven touches against against Palace um I know I know he could have got more involved in the game but equally I think our service to him could have been way way better it- um, yeah, I think too much has been made of that of that seven touches thing. Like I just, you know, everyone's blowing it out of complete out of proportion. I just think, yeah, he had an off game. He wasn't in the game as much as you know we would have liked. But that happens in games. There's been games where Harry Kane hasn't been in games. There's been games where plenty of other strikers haven't been in games. It just feels like, you know, even from that period when Lukaku was out injured before the interview before before Christmas. Um, where Chelsea were just a lot more fluid without him. I think in that in that run of games, Chelsea scored an average of 2.5 goals per game. It just feels like it's harder to defend against because you don't quite know what you're going to get with, you know, whether it's Mount, Ziyech, Werner, Havertz, you know, they're all sort of like interchanging in a way. Whereas when you Chelsea play with Romelu Lukaku, it's playing one way and you know that if you can stop Lukaku playing, well, that's stopping Chelsea playing. That's true. Yeah, we had we had goals coming from everywhere, didn't we? In that in that period leading up to sort of early December, uh, before things started going a bit wrong. Uh, yeah, and that is true. I, I definitely don't think we're playing to our strengths, but you're right that it is easier to defend against a clear central striker rather than those players dovetailing like we've seen a lot for Chelsea this season, um, especially last night. Havertz and Pulisic. Um, Pulisic kept popping up in in the central areas in the second half and his runs were causing them all sorts of problems but um, at the same time those guys are a bit too kind of temperamental for my liking like I'd like to just see them play like that every game but it seems to take a bad game for them to have a good game which you can't really afford at this level and and you don't have the time for that um, really but obviously we're fortunate to kind of get away with the three points on um, on on Saturday but uh yeah I mean uh, personally considering the money spent I would I would like to see Lukaku given another chance um and but but like how does how do we you know are we going to get onto the League Cup final in a second but for me you have to start Kai Havertz in the League Cup final this guy is a big game player you know when we played it what's frustrating is when I look back to that first game at Anfield I don't think did Lukaku play in the second game. Oh no, it was the one where he he was just two ball yes, left about yeah, so, I look back to that first game, we were brilliant and Lukaku was brilliant. Even though we went down to ten men, I thought we were really, really impressive. He held the ball up really well. We had chances to win that game. So you know that there's a player in there that can really hurt teams, but I don't know where Romelu Lukaku goes from here. If Kai Havertz is playing well in that position and Chelsea are winning games and scoring goals, is it just a case of him being on the bench and coming off the bench and just waiting for maybe Kai Havertz to have an off game and then he gets rotated back in? Yeah, um, yeah, it's a good point. 
there are two very different things between like what I want to see and what I think will actually happen. But one thing I, I wouldn't mind seeing Tuchel experiment with is is playing two up top. I think Lukaku's proven in in Milan that um, that system suits him. Having a another player near him, I, d- I don't know what the profile of that striker necessarily needs to be. Obviously, in in Milan, it's it was Lautaro Martinez, and he he's an incredible player. Obviously, we don't have that necessarily but if we could have um a Kai Havertz playing just off uh Lukaku or a Timo Werner I think would be quite effective as that it's an issue though isn't it like you know the formations we play we never really play two up top and if you do then you sort of lose Ziyech on the right wing or whatever you know it's it's difficult to sort of fit all of those attackers in in the the positions they all want to play in or are their best position yeah absolutely and I think in that system yeah obviously including the wing backs maybe you could do what um, Inter are now doing effectively this season and, and, and having um, an attacking midfielder centrally, um, that being uh, Chalanoglu. And then maybe that could be ZX role. Obviously, he's capable of playing um, centrally. That that could be something different. But obviously, that, that is wildly different from what um, Tuchel is currently doing. So, yeah, for the time being, you're right. I don't think, I don't think Havertz is dislodged, but I think... Havertz is so versatile that he can play back out wide. Um, I think we lose Havertz, though. I think we lose the player that he is playing him out wide. I looked, watched that Palace game, and to me, mm. Pulisic's a winger, right? He Predominantly, he's a winger. You know, he likes to get the ball and he likes to take players on. Whether, you know, he drifts inside or whatever, but, you know, he starts on the wing. And I prefer Havertz in the middle, just drifting, whether he's playing as a false nine or whether he's just drifting behind a striker... I didn't understand that at Palace. We were getting nothing from either of them. And I was like, just swap them over. Yeah. I think you lose so much of Kai Havertz's ability playing him on the wing. I know we can't do it, but... I Strangely, like, I, I, I didn't mind him as a false nine earlier in the season, definitely. But then he had some really good games off the left. But I agree that against against Palace, especially, he he was not in the game enough. He he runs hard, but he was not in the game. Yeah. Um, I think because um, we uh, we had a bit of a weird team because of the injuries. But I think um, Pulisic was uh, Havertz was playing on the left because he's left-footed, um, and that's pretty much it. To to have a left foot on the left rather than always cutting inside or whatever. But yeah, he neither of them were really in the game to any real extent. Um, yeah, the issue I think now is that you look back at the, the problems Chelsea have had with like number nines in the past, mm. and I I just think this time it seems to be building up a bit more. There seems to be more than just a lack of goals. There seems to be more going on, which is a bit of a concern. Obviously, the interview. Um, dropping in out of the team that horrible stat which obviously I again I reiterate like, I don't think he he deserves necessarily like uh and the criticism that came with it but uh <laughs> it just all feels like it's snowballing a bit um so it'll be interesting to see what happens in the summer uh yeah but I mean hopefully he's getting scoring again <laughs> do you think do you, so I know Ben Chilwell's out for the season he's probably gonna miss the start of next season as well but Reese James is back. Now, do you think that could potentially have a positive impact on Romelu Lukaku? We know how good 
you know, we know he likes to attack the ball. We know, you know, if you've got someone, as Piliqueta yesterday, you know, watching him, I was like, take a touch, whip it in the box. And he didn't do it, always coming backwards. Now, Reese James will take one touch and he will put in the perfect ball. So maybe when he comes back, that could, you know, have a positive effect on Romelu Lukaku. What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, our fullback showed in the early part of the season that they are two of our most important creative, creative outlets. I think um, they just are three, aren't they? When you play a three at the back, because you don't have then wingers, you, you, you rely on those two players and, you know, they were arguably playing the best football of their careers, both of them, yeah. or certainly up there anyway. So to lose them both, you know, I yeah. I know if buts and maybes, but I stand by if they're both fit, Chelsea is still in a title race. And I know I, you can say, well, if Liverpool didn't lose here and City didn't, but they're, you know, two two of our most important players and to lose them both is a big, big blow. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Um, I think... In terms of Lukaku's goal scoring form is a different thing, but he he went through that big drought even when they were both fit. So I don't I don't know. He, he took like the pre- back to the Premier League like a duck to water initially, and then it went off the ball. So it's it's a really hard, difficult one to explain. Um, but then it perhaps coincided with yeah again a lot of our attacking players not performing to the level they should have been performing at. Um, now we're starting to see some really good stuff from from Ziyech, Havertz last couple of games he's he's definitely fit he's not he's still not the player I think we thought we were signing he doesn't look quite there yet in terms of the confidence and arrogance and skill and swagger that he had at Leverkusen but he's getting back to something like a very effective player in impacting the game Ziyech especially I think has looked really good but I mean hopefully his injury is not too bad yeah absolutely we'll get onto that in just a second but someone who Loves a big occasion, loves to get up for it, especially on Champions League nights. It was N'Golo Kante. And again, I remember I was having a chat with someone yesterday who was saying, you know, do, you know, do, we, do we let him go? Do we this, do we that? And I said, I know he's, you know he's a little bit injury prone these days, but he just shows every single big game that he plays in is absolutely brilliant. And it was the same again last night. And if Chelsea are to go far in this competition, they're going to need him fit for every single stage, aren't they? Yeah, I think last year we were quite fortunate, weren't we, that he seemed to be about for every um, kind of important important tie and, and then would win man of the match <laughs> on the way through. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's, it, when he does play, it's like a guaranteed 7 out of 10, even 8 out of 10. Yesterday was an 8. Um, yeah, he was excellent. And his ball-carrying ability from deep, especially for that um, oh, yeah. second goal, yeah, just just excellent and in that kind of game as well where you've got maybe like a, a slightly weaker opponent who are, who are kind of busy and energetic and, and fit pressurizing you but not too organized but you're capable of finding the space or whatever uh, like he was it's, it's just so effective at relieving the pressure um and they never really got close to him did they and it, it, it turned defense into attack so quickly that uh that yeah that um he was kind of became a, one of the most important attacking players, even though he's considered uh, defensive, isn't he? Yeah, I just, yeah, I think he's underappreciated still. I think I know this season he's been, uh, you know, missed quite a few games with through injury, but there's still so much of a better team with him in it. And um, you mentioned, you mentioned it there, Krish, um, 
disappointing to lose two very important players over the course of the last few weeks uh, through injury. We don't really know the extent of either of those injuries yet. Doesn't really look good ahead of the League Cup final. Um, Kovacic, big miss. And Hakim Ziyech recently, as we've been saying, has been Chelsea's most important player. Yeah, um, for me, Ziyech could be even more significant in some ways. Uh, the fact that Jorginho started on the bench sort of says to me that... On. Yeah, exactly. Didn't come on. And that but says... came on. Saul came on. Mm, but... I find that bizarre. Well, it says to me that... Um, He's holding him. He's just saving him for the final, I think, or hopefully. I mean, he he warmed up. He didn't look uh, like he was carrying a knock or anything. And I think yeah. maybe Tuchel just called it. He saw that Chelsea had the quality to to get past Lille last night. I think they were always in control of the game, even though they were a bit sloppy. They like not from a second uh, being at the ground did I think that they were gonna they were gonna concede even, let alone lose. So. I think, yeah, maybe he made a judgment call. He's like, yeah, that we're not going to lose this game. Use, use Sal, use Ruben Loftus-Cheek, get some minutes into their legs um, and and save Jorginho for for Sunday because his his style, uh, maybe same with Lukaku even, but could be effective, as he said, in, like it was in that first game, playing in behind Liverpool's high line. Um, it could be a weapon that we can use. And in that big pitch as well, there's, there's plenty of space to be exploited. And another player I'm calling to calling for to start, you know, I just love him. I think a lot of Chelsea fans do, Timo Werner. It feels like, you know, I think Tuchel's going to have a really tough decision on who to start, especially in that front three. I think, you know, the rest of the, the team sort of picks itself as we go in three at the back. Um, but Mason Mount's going to be back. He was back on the bench yesterday. Um, it feels like the perfect game for someone like Timo Werner, that pace in behind that we've seen has caused so many problems to so many teams, especially last season. And I think, obviously, Tuchel seeing something that in him that makes him not want to start him. But last season, Chelsea played a whole lot better with Timo Werner in the side and created a whole lot more chances as well. Do you see him starting against Liverpool at Wembley or not? Um, yeah, I mean, as you say, I think Havertz will have done enough to to kind of nail down the, the starting striker position. Has Pulisic done enough? You would think. Yeah, I think uh, on on yesterday's basis, he seemed to kind of pull up a bit towards the end of the game too, so I don't know yeah. if he might be doubtful. It didn't look like anything anything too serious. But um, yeah, I mean, considering how fresh Werner should be, he's not really played much at all recently. And I, I don't... That bit of it, he had a cold, but I don't know if it's just down to fitness or whether Tuchel has kind of decided more firmly that he doesn't fancy him but um yeah it will be a game where he could be effective and, and if he can get close to to Havertz playing sort of inside on the left or the right um that could be could be effective for sure um depending on how bad the injuries are I actually think he might go with a pretty similar team but just bringing in Jorginho if depending Mason on how Mount. fit the others are Mason Mount um <sighs> Again, it's hard to say where he sees Mount at the moment. He doesn't. He's not like a guaranteed starter necessarily um, for Tuchel. But considering uh, his energy and the, the amount of work defensively, they'll probably have to get through. I think he he will be useful in that in that scenario. 
um yeah. but it's always so difficult to call his call his teams isn't it so we'll see how it goes Krish, thank you so much. That is all we've got time for on today's pod. Thank you so much for listening. If you could drop us a review, it would be very much appreciated. Subscribe if you haven't already and if you've enjoyed what you heard. And we will see you all next week to discuss that League Cup final against Liverpool. See you all next time here on Wherever You May Be.